Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Scoop Podcast. We are here today, uh, Thursday. We're going to talk about Navy. Navy was a debacle on the field, and it got worse after the game this past weekend. Navy's 0-2. Uh, just a brutal start versus Marshall. They got waxed versus Marshall. And they had Air Force, which is a big game, and didn't go well at all. They had almost no no offense at all, 30 yards rushing, 30 yards passing. After the game, in the locker room, apparently separate and apart from Ken Niamatololo, the athletic director, Chet Gladchuk, fires Ivan Jasper. It wasn't in uncertain terms. He fired him, sent him home. Uh, Ivan is one of Kenny's best friends. They've been together 30-plus years. Uh, I mean, literally since they're teenagers. And, you know, Chet Gladchuk, the athletic director, been Navy a long time. He, he likes to preach about he and Coach Niamatololo's uh, relationship has been time every week together. Had him locked up. And then he goes in in a challenging moment where the team just tremendously performed very, very, very poorly and fires the coach's right-hand guy, the guy who runs the offense, who has run the offense forever for him. That's uh, that's an odd step for an athletic director in any place. I did invite uh, Chet Gladchuk, the athletic director, maybe to join us in this podcast. Uh, he did not respond to that invitation. Um, <clears throat> I invited him a couple of days ago and gave him plenty of time and no response. So I'm here today, once again, with college football expert Zach Barnett, John Bryce, to get your thoughts. Guys, that's the lay of the land. Tell me, what does this say? And this is the athletic director comes in, takes drastic action against the right-hand guy of the head coach without the head coach's knowledge. Well, it's, it, it's certainly recency bias because, as we all know, Ken Niamatololo has done a great job at the Naval Academy. And um, not, just a, not just a good job, a great job. Their 2019 season was one for the record books. They were ranked all year long. On 11 win season, I think finished ranked consensus top 20. Here's another thing to consider about what Ken has done for Navy. In 14 full seasons as their head coach, he's had nine seasons of eight wins or more. So nobody's happy associated with the Navy program about what's going on right now. They had a terrible 2020 COVID year. They've lost their first two games of this year. Um, but that's just a bizarre move and one that um, – how many times do we hear an AD say, I hire coaches and then let them hire their coaches? And this is directly flies in the face of that, Zach. Yeah, it's startling to me more than anything. That's the word that I I keep coming back to. I mean, this program for 20 years now has been like clockwork. You know, five yards of carry, play after play, series after series, game after game, season after season. You know what you're getting with them. As you said, eight wins a year five yards of carry and they keep on trucking like the energizer bunny. And now the offense is broken. 36 yards against air force uh, was the, the lowest output of any, uh, of any Navy game rushing since 2002, since the beginning of the Paul Johnson, Ken Niamatololo era going back 20 seasons. Now uh, they were not good against Marshall. They scored seven points in that game coming off a three and seven season last year. We're two games in now, obviously, and they're 50th in rushing. So the offense is broken. And as a result, the, the program's broken. And no one really knows what to do. In an absolutely startling move, word gets out Saturday night that Jasper's been let go. Sunday, 
me and my little goes, check that check this. Hey, uh, can we talk about this? Like, I'm the head guy here. Yeah, that's the type of call I make. And they discuss it, and Kenny explains how vital Ivan is. It's stunning to me that an athletic director would not be aware of that. And as I think Niamatolo has been very gracious in his public words, he says, you know, cooler heads prevailed, and I'm glad that Ivan's back. So they reinstated him, not as offensive coordinator, and he's just going to coach the quarterbacks and focus on quarterback play. In that offense, there's only two positions. I mean, I'm oversimplifying things, and maybe this is this is wrong, but offensive line and quarterback play, that's that's what drives that offense. And uh, so he said, you know, look, Ivan's going to focus on quarterback play, and he's going to fix that. Kenny's called the offense. And that's what Kenny had to do to get Ivan back on board. I understand it. To me, as an athletic director, you put your head coach in, in a challenging position there. Kenny believes his best way to drive this program forward and help the program succeed is to be the head coach. You've just tied his hands behind his back, so now you got to call plays. So you're putting your most important guy, Kenny Matolo, in a bad position. This is just a terrible job by the athletic director, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's just bizarre. And here's the other thing. Gladchuck has been Navy's AD for 20 years, so how do you not have a better pulse on things as it pertains to Ivan Jasper and his importance in that program. Jasper, I think, has been there 22 years, the last 14 as the offensive coordinator. So um, that, to me, is, is the really stunning part. And I think we all encountered this. Um, people at the other service academies were absolutely floored by the way this transpired. People at other college programs were floored by the way this thing transpired. Um, and programs around the country have so much respect for the service academies and the way the constraints that they have and yet the products they put on the field. You talk to people and they'll talk almost to a man about one of those, one of those service academies and the job that they do and the coaches, or they know a coach on there and man, they do this and they do that. You know, a few years ago when there was the government shutdown, um, Air Force Academy and those guys were having to make the Gatorade for their players just so they could practice because their other staff was literally not allowed to be functioning because of the government shutdown. So those are the things that these programs encounter that nobody really stops to think about. And yet here's an AD that's been there 20 years that goes in and, and fires his head coach's right-hand man. And again, this is a head coach that is absolutely going through the worst stretch of his tenure at Navy, but he's done it at a really big level that Navy's not seen before or not seen since the early days. And yeah, they don't have Malcolm Perry at quarterback anymore. And, and that's a huge issue. They do very clearly have offensive issues that really date glaringly back to last year. But uh, Nia Matalolo talked about how poorly he handled last year. You know, Navy didn't tackle any during preseason. It just sort of set the tone. So I think a lot of ways Navy's still recovering from the COVID year and still trying to find its footing back where it had consistently been and also still trying to find the right quarterback. But again, just this is AD meddling 101. And it's, you know, what most ADs choose not to do. Yeah, the idea that it would just be a play calling issue is uh, it doesn't add up. When, when you run this offense, I mean, it's obviously the not not the most. You're not splitting the atom with every play. It, it's a whole lot of it, it's art as much as it is science. And to uh, to think that 
this falls on Ivan. I mean, I, I'm not an expert in service academy recruiting. Obviously, it's a very different ball game than everyone else, but it certainly seems from the outside like Army is getting the players that Navy got, you know, for the first 15 years of this era. Uh, Arby's rise, it seems like, has certainly come at Navy's expense. And so you don't run for 36 yards in a game because you have bad play calling. This is a program issue that uh, changing the play caller and putting that burden on the head coach is not going to fix. Let me let me tell everybody listening a little bit about Navy's schedule going forward. And, and you all listen for wins. And then I want to bring this back. And I want to read you what Kenny said after Ivan was reinstated. And then I want to talk about how this plays out at the end of the season. So here's what Navy has left. They're 0-2. They're off this week. They go at Houston, Central Florida, SMU, go at Memphis, Cincinnati, at Tulsa, at Notre Dame, East Carolina, at Temple and Army. I'm just going to let you all know there's not a lot of Ws there. There's some, hopefully. There's not a lot. So this is what Kenny had to say after Jasper, after he had to go to the athletic director and say, hey, this wasn't the right move. So they come to an agreement that he's going to be reinstated in some capacity. He's going to coach quarterbacks. This is what he said. Kenny and Matalolo. I don't know if this sounds egotistical or whatever, but there's a reason I've been in this profession for a long time because I know what this profession is about. This is a freaking ruthless profession. It's ruthless. And it'll spit you out in a heartbeat. You know, I've been coaching 31 years. I know what this business is about. It's a hard, hard, hard business. This ain't for the, for the faint of heart. To be a coach is not for everybody. This is a hard deal. I didn't need anybody to tell me anything. I don't think any of our coaches anybody too. We know we've got together and we want to fight, keep fighting. We want to keep inspiring. As a head coach, you normally make those decisions with your assistants. I wasn't involved with this one. There's a lot of emotion after the game. Yeah, I was surprised by it, it being Chuck Gladchuck's decision. We've had discussions after that to try and hopefully mend this. Everybody's mad. Anyone with Navy football, nobody likes losing like that. We didn't like losing the Air Force, and Gladchuck was very upset with the offense. So I get it but I wasn't involved with it, meaning this decision. It's actually another part of the locker room. It's normally not how it's done. I guess we all live and learn. So he closed with, our athletic director is not happy with the offense, neither am I. I'm not happy. We're a proud offensive unit, man. And has scored many points over these many years and has been very prolific over the years. To be where we're at, none of us are happy. We had a lot of discussions and I get it, man. He's the AD, he wants some answers. I'm the head coach. I'm a big boy. I'm willing to sit down and discuss things. All right. So now let's advance this conversation to the end of the season. I'm going to make the assumption they don't have five wins. I think it's very possible they have a lot less than five wins. Season's over. What happens now? Um, I, I mean, I think we're, I think the stage has been set that, Significant changes on the offensive side of the ball are probably inevitable at the end of the year. Um, probably because both parties are, are sitting there looking at one another. You know, uh, yeah, Matalolo and Ivan Jasper certainly feel betrayed. Chet Gladchuk, I think, is um, focused maybe too much on the results or um, the fact that the results aren't just losses but are. Um, uncharacteristic losses for what we've seen out of Navy from an execution and delivery standpoint. I don't know 
Um, I mean, this is like this is like one of those marriages where you know sleeping on the couch one night becomes separate bedrooms for three months. <laughs> like, how do you get back from that? And I think that's where we're at. And and I completely agree with you. Like the old cliche, that's why they play the game is Navy's not going to lay down for anybody, but looking at last year and the way that they struggled through a three and seven season, and then looking what's left in front of them, it's incredibly hard to pick out very many wins at all um, because of the way the program is operating right now. And specifically the offense and what's happening at the quarterback position, I think above all, certainly uh, tying that in with the offensive line. It's just not, for whatever reason, it's just not there. And um, this is a Navy program now that's in the midst of, I believe, a seven-game losing streak. And here's what's really bad about that losing streak, aside from just the, the surface-level losses. I think over those seven games, guys, they've only scored 81 points combined in seven games. So you're talking 11 and a half points a game. That's really, really bad. And um, I think I think five of those seven have been 10 points or less, touchdown or less. I mean, it's, it's really sustained. And they've tried two different guys um, a fair amount at the quarterback position this year through two games. Now, look, the, the good thing for Navy is they're in the midst of their bye. So they've got two weeks, and this could very well become – a rallying cry for them, and um, and maybe it will be. Certainly, you hope so. Just for um, what that program represents and the class and organization that Niamatololo runs, but it, it's a weird, weird thing. And I don't know how you forecast a lot of wins out of it, and I don't know how you patch that relationship. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at more, more than likely Navy's third losing season in out of four and their second consecutive uh, at any other FBS institution, we'd be talking head coaching change at this point. Uh, I don't say that lightly because Kenny is one of my top five favorite FBS head coaches. I love the guy. I've interviewed the guy. He talked, we talked mostly about the work-life balance he works to create for his staff, what a family oriented staff he has. I heard him speak at the AFCA convention uh, when, in one of those big general session talks where, there's 5,000 coaches in there, and he talked about family and the importance of food in the recruiting process. I was like, this is my guy, one of my favorite. I mean, I've heard dozens of coaches speak at the AFCA convention over the years. He's one of my favorites, top five. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's been with that program going back since 1995, all but, what, a handful of seasons. He is Navy football in many ways, but at the same time, he's flirted with – number of other jobs in recent years. So you got to be wondering when he goes home at night, is he thinking, man, I should have gone harder after this job. Uh, maybe it is time for both parties to go separate ways. But if that's the case, I'm not saying it should be, but if it is, yeah, I mean, you got to go get another Navy, a triple option guy. You're not going to divorce yourself from the triple. I mean, I believe they run, they run the triple at every service academy that I'm aware of Coast Guard, Marine Maritime. I mean, it's triple all the way through, as far as I as I, as far as I know. So the idea of divorcing yourself from the triple just seems incompatible to me. So where do you go from there if if the two sides split up after this? 
Yeah, I would say in a situation where athletic director steps in and, and makes a, a bold move like this without the head coach's knowledge, sometimes that happens when the person you're dealing with, the coach, the assistant coach, is not a, doesn't have great moral grounds. You know, if there's something else going on in that, his life and there's some issues there, I don't believe that's the case here with Ivan Jasper. I don't believe that's the case with the Navy staff. Uh, so I was really surprised to see that. Fast forward to the end of the season, again, Kenny's not that guy. He's as good of a human being as there is. So this isn't a situation where you say, look, Kenny had a great run here. It's time for us to kind of see if he can get on out of here and, and we find somebody to fill, you know, we bring fresh blood in. So I don't think they're looking at a, at a major change. I'll tell you, a few years ago, uh, Kenny made a massive retooling on his defensive side. I mean, it might have been like four assistants that they changed out, maybe a little bit more, honestly. It might have been six. And uh, so maybe, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> you got Ivan Jasper, you got Ashley Ingram, you got some you know, some legends over there. And that's those are, those are Kenny's people. So it would be hard to understand them retooling on the offensive side. I don't know what the fix is, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think Kenny's going to stand pat and just continue to do the same thing. He's going to make some, some, some adjustments in everything that he does and the way he builds the team. So it'll be interesting to see. I do wonder, you know, Kenny's been there a long time. And, you know, everybody knows he, you know, he looked at BYU. He looked at Arizona. Uh, he's looked at a couple others that we've chronicled pretty well. I don't know. You know, I just don't know. I don't know if this, maybe this is the right time for him to continue. Like, I don't know. I, I think when your athletic director comes in in the locker room and takes out one of your right-hand guys, it makes you pause and go, hmm, maybe. Well, and is this, because of all of this, because of all these factors, because of how eye-opening I think COVID was for all of us, you know, Coach Niamatololo spent a lot of time home in Hawaii during the pandemic um, because they couldn't be, at the academy and he wanted to be around his family. Hawaii football is is sinking to really levels we've never seen. Is this the one time where it could work out that it's time for Kenny to go home and try to rescue Hawaii football? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I think it's I think it bears monitoring because um, Hawaii football, you know, really entered the national conversation pretty strongly. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, played in that Sugar Bowl against Georgia, and then it's just been a pretty steep, precipitous drop since then. So I just think there are a lot of factors. It bears monitoring. He is I've, – I've got some football coaches who tell me, Bryce, don't ever forget, sometimes people just want change. And I think that's how a lot of those guys live their lives with that mindset. Not that they necessarily want change or that they want to – abandon any situation but they're just like they'll say look at the elections look at the elections sometimes people just want change and i think that's worth noting the other thing is he's one of the 10 longest tenured head coaches in college football right now in an era where we don't see anybody stay anywhere and you talk about um kirk ferentz you talk about nick saban you talk about troy calhoun at air force uh, Rick Stockstill at Middle Tennessee. These are the, the coaches keeping company with Ken Niamatololo in terms of college football's most tenured coaches. Frank Solich was on that list. We saw him retire mid-year so that he could kind of control who it went to because he wanted 
uh, his guy to have the opportunity. So it's, it's just a different time in the sport, and there's just so many factors at play now. And, and quality of life, we discussed it on another pod recently. Maybe it was about Billy Napier and, and some of these other coaches. The quality of life element is becoming bigger and bigger because of how these coaches have cannibalized themselves um, in working 23-hour days. You guys are uh, you guys are wonderful. I'm gonna cut us off there. Twenty minutes trying to get everybody in and out. Uh, thank you guys both for your time today. This is wonderful. Obviously, this is something we'll we'll keep in touch with over the course of the season, and we might even get somebody, some guys on from that uh, triple option family, maybe from the Navy family on to speak with us towards the end of the season. Keep abreast of what's happening. Football Scoop Podcast, FootballScoop.com. Like, share, rate, all those great things that everybody says about podcasts. Let's do them all. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.